It's been a whirlwind of a week. Uh, I'm not going to lie, the biggest thing that happened to me this week has been the game. Uh, watching LSU beat Clemson was an amazing experience. It's the cap to a beautiful and awesome season, uh, historic, the best ever, no question. And if you, uh, if you have any other opinions, good luck arguing against me, right? Uh, it's been an amazing, amazing year. And watching the game, I think we had 18 people at the house, seminarians, priests, uh, put a TV outside. So if you heard us yelling in the backyard and I was keeping you awake on Monday night, I'm sorry, not really. Uh, I think I stayed up to almost 2 o'clock in the morning after watching the game. I was, I was excited and lit up and all fired up, and it was, it was amazing. First quarter, though, I wasn't too happy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. We fall behind 17-7. We're looking like it's not looking too great. But they flipped the switch, and it seemed like the season, right, was encapsulated in the end of the game. Just dominant. 35-8 the rest of the way. LSU hoisting the trophy of the end. We got to the fourth quarter. I remember I was sitting there watching the game, and I'm thinking, man, this, this clock just needs to move. Come on. We're not, we're, not too far, we're not far enough ahead for me to think what we won. Like, let's just let this clock move. And they fumble. And we pick it up, and then we're on the five-yard line, and we're taking knees, and the clock is just ticking down. Confetti starts. Everything's all great and wonderful. Interviews are going on. Started watching the game again when it came on on a replay in the middle of the night. But wait, I get to my room that night, and I remember kind of sitting there. I was getting ready for bed, and the only thing I could think of was, it's over. What I had been excited about and invested in, uh, probably more than I should, you know, a little public confession here. I, I, I'm a huge football fan, if you hadn't noticed, right? Like, I have been invested in this, and for five and a half months, this is what I've been looking at and paying attention to, reading more than I ever should have, probably. And it's over. You know, the, 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 yesterday they had the celebration at, on campus at LSU and the players were there and you could see like the players are still kind of basking in the glory of the moment and they're just enjoying themselves. They, they're they're going to walk away from this game. They're going to have a nice piece of jewelry on their finger, right? Got the ring. They're going to have a nice trophy in their trophy case, which is great. But they're walking away from the game with just the accolades and the and the sense of achievement and accomplishment that goes along with championship. For them, it's, it's not really over because they have something that, that has kind of come to define them almost as a football player, national champion. For fans, though, we who've just been kind of watching the game from a distance, varying degrees of being invested in it, right? It's over. It's a memory. It was a fun ride while it lasted. We got to watch a historic team close to home. That's great. A lot of good stuff came from it. T-shirts and hats are on order and they're not in yet, right? But it's over. There's a big difference between doing and watching. Doing sticks with us. It comes to define us. It comes to... It becomes a part of us when we do something. Watching, it ends. And it's now basketball season. It's over. 
When I was, uh, I was in high school, I uh, growing up playing baseball, loved baseball all my life, and at a certain moment, uh, I didn't make the major leagues, as you can tell, at a certain point, it ended. What I had built my life on for so many years ended. And at that point, you just kind of set adrift. It's really over. The one, one thing that we, as, as a people of faith, we as Christians can build our life on is our relationship with God. But there's a way in which we can do it where either we're a doer or a watcher. Today we have, we have three examples in our readings. The prophet Isaiah for the first reading, St. Paul in the second reading, and John the Baptist in the, third, in the gospel. We have, these, we have these three examples of three people that decided in the story of salvation, I'm not going to be a watcher. I'm going to be a protagonist. I'm going to be a doer of this story. And they give us kind of a model of how we're called to follow, how we're called to live out this Christian life. The first way, the first way, first step if to recognize. St. John the Baptist, I know we said talked about it in Advent a little bit, but St. John the Baptist, everything in his ministry was called, was recognizing Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? We say these words in Mass even today, but it's because John the Baptist, everything about his life was pointed to recognizing recognizing Jesus Christ, our Lord. Everything about him was ordered to pointing out Jesus. He had a lot of followers. People were following him all over the place. They were listening to this stuff. They were taking him as a prophet of God. And everything in him didn't point to himself, consistently pointed to Jesus Christ. We are called to recognize and to point with our life back to Jesus. The question is, are we a doer or a watcher? Because if we're a watcher, we can see good things going on in the world. But we don't take the time to point it, to, to point it and direct it to the Lord. Second thing uh, in our readings that we can kind of pull from it is repent. So if we're going to recognize Jesus, that's great. But then we have to repent. Something in our life has to change, right? We have to become and start to look more and more like the one we point to. St. Paul is a great example of what it looks like to repent, what it looks like to have a conversion. Later this week, we're going to celebrate the conversion of St. Paul. We know the story. He was the worst persecutor of Christians. He was killing them left and right. He was trying to, he was trying to stamp out this, this movement. He was knocked off his high horse, struck blind. God healed him later on. But he changed his life and he went from persecutor to apostle. First words of today's second reading. Paul called an apostle for Jesus. In our life, if at some point in our life we've had that, that we felt like God has spoken to us, God has worked in our lives, we can, we can take that experience and it can die off. 
I remember going in, being in high school and going to retreat after retreat, thing after thing, and now looking around and I'm like, most of those people don't go to church. Those experiences are just, are just kind of left there. If the confirmation that we're going to have in a week's time over here for, our, for some of our young people, if the March for Life, right, if these different things that we go on are just experience and it's left on a shelf, it'll die. Because we're not called to be watchers. We're called to be doers. St. Paul said, I'm not going to be a watcher. But I'm going to use that same zeal that persecuted the church to spread the gospel. And he wrote half of the New Testament. Finally, our, our, our three figures in today's readings give us a final, a, a, a final, I guess you would say, like tip on how to live this Christian life. We're called to live it with resolve. We're called to live it in a resolved way. To stay in love. To persevere. I was, uh, last week, I was at a wedding. Um, we had a, I know we had a missionary here. But I was at a wedding last week in Dallas. And when I came, when we were there, um, I was hanging out with the groom's family. Nice two people. Like, it was one of those weddings that you, you know the gets it. Um, you know they understand what they're walking into. It's not about the church or the dress or the flowers or anything else. Um, these two young people, they were focused missionaries at one time. They were, they were just really good, solid, a solid couple. Uh, her family all came in from Mexico. He, his family was all from, like, Kansas. So, like, a bunch of colors and cultures and mixture, and it was awesome. It was a really, really beautiful celebration. And while we were there, I was hanging out with the groom's family a little bit. They, they were bringing me place to place because I didn't have a, a rental or anything. And at one point, the grandfather tells me, he says, I've been married to my wife for 64 years. 64 years. A little while later, the, the groom's dad, we were talking about something. He told me, he said, we're about to celebrate our 40th anniversary. 40 years. We were riding around in the car with the, I'm riding around in the car with these two couples from place to place. And I made a point to say it in the wedding. I said, you know, today for your wedding, it's really easy to be able to say I do because everything's beautiful and everything's easy. But I've been riding around in a car with a century of love, with a century of marriage. 64, 64 plus 40 is 104, right? A century and four years of love I've been riding around in a car with. Young love's awesome, tested, persevering through kind of love. Love with a resolve that I'm going nowhere, that's beautiful. That's something you can build a life on. Those couples understand what it means to be a doer and not a watcher. We in our Christian life, we in our, in our life, as we come to the celebration of the Mass, as we come to continue this story of salvation history in our own lives right now, we're called to stay in love with the Lord. Not let it be a fleeting moment. Oh, Advent was great, but now it's gone. Lent's coming up, that's going to be awesome, and then Easter, and we're going to forget about it. We're called to stay in love, to love with a resolve.
You know, the, the, we, in the history of the church, they've had a lot of doers, a, a whole lot of doers that have been recognized. We've had many, many more watchers, but there's a handful and a, lot, a good bit of doers. We call those the saints. The saints are the ones who have basically said, I'm going to be a protagonist, I'm going to be an actor, I'm going to be a doer in the story of salvation history. That Isaiah, for example, as a prophet in the Old Testament said, I'm going to be someone who's going to help to spread word, spread the message of God to the people, both Gentile and Jew. John the Baptist said, I'm going to be, uh, uh, I'm going to be an agent of spreading the gospel, right? And, and, and calling forth the Messiah. St. Paul said, I'm going to go from a persecutor to an apostle, even if it means costing me something. Throughout the history of the church, over and over and over again, we've had these people, these holy men and women, who have been lifted up as members of the church to be doers. Where they take seriously their call to share the gospel where they are and when they are. Today we still look at pictures of John Paul II. John Paul II died 15 years ago, and you would never think that he was dead. The amount people still talk about him. The amount that people still share his teachings, share his words, continue to pray to him and ask him for their intercession. There's a reason why we go to that with our saints, because it's never over. A doer... It, like our, our life as a Christian lives beyond us if we're doers. But if we're watchers, it'll be over. I think it's a fair question for us today. How am I living? Am I living as a doer? Or am I living as a watcher? When I come to Mass, am I a doer? Do I invest myself into Mass? Do I invest myself into the celebration that we have? Do I listen and pray the prayers? Sing the songs, stand and sit, do all the things that we do at Mass to invest myself into it? Or is it a spectator sport? Where I just watch. I'm entertained. The Christian life, when we live our day-to-day life, the mundane, boring Tuesday of our life? Do we live it as a protagonist in the story of salvation? Or do we watch it go by? Do we recognize the Lord in it? Are we repentant? Do we, are we changing the way that we live as we recognize the Lord? And do we live it with a sense of resolve? Nothing can, nothing can pull me out of this relationship of love of God. If we can live as doers, we can say the words of the psalm that we all proclaim together. Here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. That's the disposition, that's the, that's the response for all of us as doers. That, Lord, I want to come and do nothing but your will. And it's so much more fulfilling than being a watcher. Because as a watcher, one day, it'll be over.
Today, may we not be satisfied with watching, with watching the story of salvation unfold before us, with watching the world kind of pass us by. Let us not ever be content with just watching. But may we be protagonists, may we be doers in the story of salvation here and now.